0: is the Hong Kong football podcast coming to you during a fortnight in which after a long wait and down to just eight HKPL teams get out of the gate and RCFC launch an NFT seriously my name as ever is James Leg, and I am joined as ever by Tobias Dusser. Hello James. And Jonathan White.
1: Hi James. How are we guys? Feeling non-fungible. How are you? (laughs) Very much fungible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel funged. Okay, well, it's one of everyone's favorite pink-clad football teams. Resources Capital. This is the headline news of the summer. They've launched an NFT. Now, there's been a lot of talk about NFTs. My understanding is that they are a blockchain-based digital asset. People have bought artworks people have bought songs, people have bought all kinds of NFTs in the hope of making some money. And now, Johnny, Resources Capital have launched one. Can you bring me up to speed?
1: Yeah, so RCFC, Resources Capital, living up to their name. Their resources have given them some capital <coughs> and they've made something out of nothing, which for a football team started in 2016, also seems apt. They've made history. The first Asian football club to launch an NFT. They've got right into that NFT space. You know, much more crowded than the Hong Kong Premier League, the NFT space. <laughs> um, they partnered up with Olive X, who were founded by Animoca Brands, who have done some uh, NFT partnering with the likes of Manchester City and A-League Melbourne City, their sister club, and the mighty Queen's Park Rangers of the English Championship Um, So Resources Capital, they uh, said they were going to make an NFT. They made 121 NFTs and minted them, as they like to say in the game. And they sold one of them. They made history. They sold one within an hour of their 24-hour launch of uh, the auction. For how much did they sell it? Uh, 1.05 Ethereum, of course. (laughs)
0: So Ethereum is a cryptocurrency.
1: Yeah, that is the blockchain that this particular NFT is tied to.
0: And how much is that worth in in what I believe is called fiat currency?
1: Yeah, so if you want cash money, it's about 28,000 Hong Kong dollars. At the time, it was 2,600 or so of your uh, US dollars. And that was 0.05 more of the old ETH than uh, the one Eth starting point F. They they shorten it. They should have a little symbol. They don't. Anyway, RCFC in the NFT. And what what
0: was the the NFT they sold? It was a. Did you buy? What did you get?
1: You got a virtual or actual JPEG. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Of what? Of, you what? Get. of uh, Captain Lamb's legendary card. More importantly, for football fans. Not only did you get that, you got the, uh, well, the, the right to go to every home game of RCFC this season. And you can't put a, put a price on it. You literally cannot put a price on that.
2: Which works very well because it was sold to an anonymous buyer. So anyone who shows up
1: knows that I'm that guy, <laughs> 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 I'm here for my season ticket. Um, I'm assuming what happens is they're going to say, here's your card that you minted, come and get your season ticket. It's like one of them old scams <laughs> where... Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not use the word scam, okay? <laughs> this is a popular podcast. Okay, it reminds me of one of them scams where the police <laughs> say something along the lines of, we're having a sexy drug party, come along criminals. Uh, and then they arrest everyone. Old school. So maybe that's what the season ticket is. They've rooted out all of the uh, crypto... Let's just leave all that (laughs) on the cutting room floor.
0: So you've written about this online. Has there been any, like, pick up of people that have been getting in touch? Like, how do I get involved in this? How do I make money from this? Or is it all just one guy buying one thing?
1: No one's got in touch, but then... sort of uh, goes against the secrecy of the, the crypto world. Mm. So maybe they've been trying to get in touch on, you know, Telegram or something a <laughs> bit more line. I don't know. Um, but what there was, you could see the likes on OpenSea. So this these NFTs, newly minted, um, they were put up for auction on OpenSea, which is the biggest or one of the biggest NFT platforms in the, the whole OpenSea, and they were also on the new Chinese language NFT website dedicated to NFTs for Hong Kong football. Which obviously exists. Oh, huge. That was the first. I think we can guarantee that. (laughs) But on OpenSea, like, a lot of them had been liked. So you can like and share these uh, NFT items that are up for auction, and people had showed some interest. Mm. Um, And certainly from the number of people reading it, like, there is an interest in what is happening. And you know, good luck to RCFC for being the pioneers.
0: They are the first. Is this something we should be getting into? Should there be a Hong Kong football NFT podcast? Yes. Yeah? And then maybe we could... Can we sell, Toby? This we seems. Can sell
2: everything with NFTs, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So, we... so if
1: anyone wants to buy this... <laughs> this episode? Mm. Just this chat. <laughs> 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 it's about to get minted. Okay. So
0: I think that's about everything on that topic. Should we talk about the football? It's uh,
1: it's a possibility.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Toby, can you bring us up to speed on the Hong Kong Premier League?
2: Well, the Hong Kong Premier League is about to start on October 23rd. And as we have mentioned at the end of last season, there has been a lot of uncertainty about how many teams there will be left. Now we know. A couple of weeks ago, it it was confirmed that we have eight teams competing. Pegasus and Happy Valley, as we have anticipated, have folded. Uh, Happy Valley are now in Division 1, Pegasus now in Division 3.
0: They've had their wings clipped.
1: (laughs) 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 Clip-clopped. They're a flying horse, Jim.
2: We have a very deep fall, all to the bottom (laughs) of Division 3. And they were replaced, eventually. By two volunteers. <laughs> <The> <laughs> two <first> tributes. One, <laughs> HKFC, a Hong Kong Football Club, back again. Mm. As we know, the oldest club in Hong Kong's football history. By far. And for a long time, an amateur club, and basically still are. But eventually, we're kind of talked into joining the Hong Kong Premier League once again, given that they have a kind of a, a stable reputation of not disappearing anytime soon. Mm. And the other one is a newly invented club. Also not entirely novel, though, because we have had this before. Uh, Hong Kong Under-23, which does not entirely live up to its name of being a Hong Kong Under-23. We will come to this later. But this then completes the eight clubs that
0: are competing for the Hong Kong Premier League. Mm. Eight. How do you feel about that? Better than seven. (laughs) (laughs) Is it better than nine?
1: Probably. Probably. I would say so.
0: Because we've had nine, we've had 11, we've had 10. I would say eight. I mean, at least it's an even number.
1: Although, given <laughs> Lee Man are on holiday, <laughs> yeah, it's only seven teams anyway. So we can have all the feeling of a seven-team league for a few weeks. Mm. And then, you know, we can compare it to an eight-team league.
0: Yeah, so for the first few weeks, Lee Man are going to be away in the AFC Cup bubble situation.
2: Well, they could be away for an... Indefinite number of days. You want to get into this now or later? Let's never get into it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's get them out the way. Let's get them out the way early doors. What's going on with Le
2: So they are now in this Interzone semifinal of the AFC Cup. So basically, it's the semi-final of the AFC Cup. If they win this one against the Uzbek team FC Nasaf, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> they are. Going into the final. So at the moment they are as far as South China was, right? In two thousand and nine, when they played their semi-final at Hong Kong Stadium in front of nearly forty thousand people. So it's a big thing. Won't be forty thousand this time, won't be in Hong Kong this time, will be in Uzbekistan. So they just left uh why South Korea landed in Uzbekistan and the game is going to happen on October twentieth. Now, if they're going to win they would not be able to come back to Hong Kong and leave again for the final, which should happen on November 5th because they would be in quarantine and not allowed to leave. So they would have to go somewhere else, <laughs> spend two weeks there, and then play the final. Uh, and then upon finishing the final, come back to Hong Kong, go into quarantine for probably 14 to 21 days. So it, they could you know, potentially be back at the end of November. If they don't win, then they could possibly come back after October 20th, but might still need to go into quarantine for either 14 or 21 days. It also depends which route they can go back and if there's been any new development with the quarantine regulations.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, I would say that Lehman are one of the three <laughs> legit teams at the moment. Teams I, I, I think people actually want to watch. The other two, of course, being Kitschi and Easton. What's going on with those guys?
1: you have got a new kit. It's very That's handsome. Nasty. Yeah. Um,
0: Every shade of blue.
1: Yeah. And
0: then a bit of pink. A
1: couple of shades of pink, I think, as well. <laughs> um, Eastern also have a new kit, but meh.
0: Well, Eastern have, have gone quite old school. You've got the blue, white, red. It's kind of like Rangers, both Glasgow and Hong Kong, not Queen's the Park. The famous one. Yeah, the famous Rangers. Um, I think it's quite nice. A bit warm and tangy too, but we don't get. It. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not get, you know, let's not get political, Toby.
1: <laughs> How are Happy Valley doing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's Lehman accounted for Eastern and Kitchy look snazzy.
1: They do look snazzy. They also Kitchy look particularly reliant on Dejan Damjanovic, mm. <laughs> more so even than last season, which is impressive. Yeah, considering he was pretty reliable and they surely did rely on him Um, I don't think they're really scoring any goals when he sat on the bench and he has sat on the bench during this mighty Sapling Cup we've experienced
0: well that brings us to the Sapling Cup which has had a format change would you would either of you like to explain it to me Toby would love to long story short it's not a cup it's a league (laughs) okay
2: so Sapling League exactly I think it's highly misleading the same as Champions League is highly misleading hmm it's the same as the Hong Kong Premier League. Double round-robin system. Whoever is on top of the end of the season wins the Suppling Cup.
0: And it's exactly the same teams?
2: Well, you would have to field at least three under-23 players. Or is it under-22, I think, de facto? 1st January 2000, I think, is the cut-off date. But then, you know, you you are wondering, for many teams, that might just make a difference of like one to two players in the starting lineup. So it just becomes like a... A second season that no one takes seriously as a kind of rehearsal season that was a bit harsh right people some people I take think it was seriously. fair but it's not an ideal solution because it devalues i feel both competitions it devalues the supplement cup for a cup you always think you know there is the possibility for a upset right that mm. a smaller team can make use of the knockout phase eventually the same time the premier league is the league that should decide which is the best team of the entire season and now you have these both competitions decide the same with whoever team has a better second or third under 22 players so mm. not too excited about it but i'm extremely mad about another situation and this is that senior shield has been dropped and been replaced by the fa cup what i know I'm leaving now. (laughs) That's it.
1: We're walking out. (laughs) I thought you were gonna be more upset that they've not called the Sapling Cup the Sap League Cup. Because it's a league and it fits. I'd have called it the Sap League Cup. There's there's the upset. (laughs) There's the headlines. Missed opportunity there, yeah.
0: So wait, what? So Asia's oldest footballing cup competition? The senior shield. Wasn't a cup, it was a shield. (laughs) (laughs) That's gone. It's I mean yeah,
2: it's not happening this year. Oh. FA Cup uh, games are played over Boxing Day, so they have taken this traditional spot away.
0: It's nothing sacred.
2: I, I just don't get the point. You have like this one thing that is there for more than a hundred years and then you just think, nah. <laughs> yeah. But for me that's like completely valid well NFT. <laughs> <laughs> With a proper value, no. (laughs) I I would buy the senior shield
1: NFT if there is. Should we get that? I mean, (laughs) should we get it going? (laughs) I think there's a picture of it on Wikipedia. We can probably just take. That's how people are doing it. (laughs) That's all. We can talk about something else.
0: Okay, so so the sapling cup has been happening. The
1: sapling league has been happening.
2: Sapling.
0: We're like the
1: sapling. Also, the, the whole point of it being saplings was that this is meant to be. Young footballers, isn't it? Surely. Under-23s. It's 40-year-old men like the rest of the league and a couple of youngsters.
0: Yeah. It's not quite doing what it's supposed no. to do. No,
1: and the senior shield... Senior, <laughs> <laughs> like, that seems ideal for the age of most footballers yeah. in Hong Kong. Who
0: are now very much Vets League yeah. age.
1: It'd be some Vets League, I give you that. But, <laughs> oh. That's a good point. They
2: could make this cut-off day. So yeah. 33 plus.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: think that would make any difference
0: <laughs> to, the line, to the lineups of most of these teams.
1: <laughs> so they've missed at least one trick there. Yeah.
0: So, But it, let's, let's be serious for a second. It has been happening. We're about five or six games in. Kitchi, obviously, are top. Um, they've played won four, drawn one, lost one. Dejan Damjanovic has scored like six goals in five games. He's still an absurd level above everyone else and it's all just a warm up basically for the Premier League which will be the exact same teams playing the exact same format only with occasionally fewer under 23s listen lads I'm going to broach this subject I've been watching Hong Kong football since 2014 when the Hong Kong Premier League started this is the sixth season of the Hong Kong football podcast is this the worst we've ever seen Hong Kong football in that time? This seems to me like we've got eight teams, which is an ideal number. One of them is, isn't even playing for a few weeks. One of those teams is, like, you know, with all due respect to Hong Kong Football Club, they're historic. They've got a really solid organization. In fairness, they want to play, which is more than most clubs. But they're not a full-time team. Most of their players aren't full-time players. You've also got under-23, who are a cobbled-together team of players who can't actually get a game for other teams. Except in the Sapling Cup. Except possibly in the Sapling Cup. And then you've got six other teams, one of which is Rangers, (laughs) who are always a little bit borderline anyway. How many teams would you pay money to watch in the Hong Kong Premier League? Honest answer, guys.
1: Is this brutal? Sadly, I don't think it is. Um, You know, there's been a number of factors that explain how we've got to this point. You know, COVID and previous social unrest (laughs) as as key parts of that. You know, it's very expensive to run football clubs. And the people who want to do it seem to not be able to really afford it. It's been, you know, financial trouble up and down the leagues. Like this under-23 team and Hong Kong football club, are capable of joining this league, so they're there. But in some ways, they are making up the numbers. We've seen some results that have been not ideal um, in the Sapling Cup. The under-23s have, you know, let in a couple of goals here and there. Yeah, well, they lost 7-0 to Eastern, right? Yeah, that, that doesn't bode well for the season. Great experience for them, but it's a bit weird that, you know, you have a feeder team or a development team in a league anyway. Like most other leagues, if they do such a thing, cap it in the second tier. Mm. Yeah, just a confluence of bad things have come together to make it a not exciting league on paper. But, you know, football isn't played on paper, <laughs> is it, Jim? <laughs> so it's probably going to be the best league ever. Um, I think we can safely say that. If expectations are so low, um, maybe it's going to absolutely amaze us. It also does just feel like, really, it's Eastern Lehman and Kichy playing for AFC Cup and AFC Champions League places. Well, it's
0: Eastern Lehman and Dejan Damjanovic <laughs> playing for AFC
1: Cup places, right? Yes, sorry, I stand corrected. <laughs> which does sort of make the rest of it moot. And if no one's going to get relegated, which is so often the way in Hong Kong football these days, mm. and the format's subject to change, and the competitions aren't really going to be uh, guaranteed... You know, who knows if we're going to have a Sapling Cup next season? We could have the return of the Senior Shield. Like, it is just all a bit unpredictable. And, uh, you know, it's hard to get excited when you don't really know what's going on. And then all the teams play each other a 100 times. And then at the end, we split into two and we play each other a bit more. And then someone's the real champion and someone can claim they're the half champion. And then someone gets park and shop vouchers. Yeah.
0: And someone's got an NFT.
1: Yeah. Roll on. The new season. Well, no, so
0: everything you just said I agree with and this is in no way a placement of blame. It is unbelievably hard running football clubs, running, you know, a football league in a city of seven million. You know, you could even start with that. Is it even possible to get high quality 10 team league in a city of seven million people which is obsessed with essentially the EPL not the HKPL plus COVID plus the political situation over the past couple of years. We've, you know, we've been through those myriad times. And I've always felt as though our job was to, like, hype this up. I think this is what what's kind of bothering me, is that, like, our job has always been to get people interested. I always, I'll tell anyone, you know, you've got to get down there, watch a bit of Hong Kong football. But, but I do think there comes a point at which you've got to ask yourself, like, how much interest you can expect people to have, I guess. Toby, you've been pensively quiet.
2: Deliberately so. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a struggle, I admit this. Um, I also felt it was generally quite difficult over the last year with the pandemic and the season being on and off to develop this strong routine of watching football and caring about it. Thinking about Hong Kong football now, uh, what what you suggested, right? That it's currently in maybe the the worst condition since we have started the podcast maybe it's also just a reflection of the current times as well right i mean the way how everything in hong kong at the moment seems to be a little bit unstable a little bit to the level of indifference of what is happening but at the same time i think as johnny said right the league can become an exciting race again you know you, you could have three teams competing for the title you might have actually Lehman being able to go into the afc cup final so there could be good things coming out of it uh, at the same time what has also contributed to the whole I guess lack in passion enthusiasm is that this main driver of enthusiasm, which was the Hong Kong representative team, has just been gone since when was it? November twenty nineteen. Mm. December twenty
1: nineteen. December, yeah. Uh, the EA double F I always forget e- about dash this one <laughs> <laughs> that all this sounds men's like men's finals football championships. Mm.
2: Yeah. But then again, in the past, you know, there have been these low points like the famous
0: ice age of Hong Kong football. Mm. This is like the 2000s. 90s and yeah. yeah. I
1: thought you were going to say this is like the Bronze Age <laughs> <laughs> or were it the Neolithic stage <laughs> of this football. Uh. So we could be going into an, in a new
2: ice age era. But at the end of the day, one thing that will always be sure is Philip Lee and Rangers <laughs> will be there no matter what happens. Yeah, they're like
1: the Well they're frozen in time, <laughs> Ice Age, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> the mammoths, as they're known, the woolly mammoths. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like Rangers will be there, Philip Lee will be there, and he will still be giving a job to Jean Jacques Kilama, who is still nailing it uh, in his advanced years. Okay, I mean I hope you're right and I hope we can all get behind this. Well let's let's you know, let's get down to brass tacks on the twenty third of October the first day of the season. The big two, Easton and Kitschie, will play at the Moncock Stadium. Kitschy have brought in Charlie Scott, formerly of Happy Valley. They also have Philip Chan, formerly of everyone. <laughs> um, Easton, uh, who else have they brought in, Toby? I believe you are across the transfer situation.
2: Well, of course, Matt Lam. Mm.
0: big arrival, Long time kitsy player.
2: Who briefly joined Lehman right at the end of last season. Mm and then a couple of Spanish players who have yet to make a name of themselves. Yue came back to Eastern, who was on loan before, and Marcus Gondra.
0: Previously of Dreams? Right. Mm. Is
2: that it? Two more incoming players, Mikel, who was at Happy Valley before, and Mm. also Sun Ming-Him. I think was it Pegasus
0: yeah who's been a young prospect for a long time he's like the Jesse Lingard of the Hong Kong Premier League everyone's just waiting for him to
1: sell pistachios
0: <laughs> <laughs> he'll sell pistachio NFTs obviously
1: and get his loan to West Ham
0: yeah exactly
1: or Western District <laughs> a few more
2: things to mention about Kichi right of course the new man at the sideline Kim Dong Chin. Was in charge of the team. And also two absent players, Wellington D'Souza and Clayton, not the Hong Kong representative player Clayton, but mm. uh, the other Brazilian Clayton. Clayton with an E. Yeah. They are still part of the Kichi team, but specifically because Wellington D'Souza seems to still struggle to get his Hong Kong passport, they are still not registered. So Kichi at the moment has eight foreign players, just six <laughs> of them registered. So it's not really sure if Velikson, uh, De Souza, and and Clayton would join again. For Velikson, De Souza, I think it was always a strange thing because he had such a great season. When mm. he suddenly was sidelined, and yeah, since then hasn't played a game.
1: So Kitchy stockpiling foreign <laughs> players, yeah, as if there's a typhoon on <laughs> <in> the way. <laughs> <laughs> Which, given you know the proximity of the Kitchy trading center to uh, <laughs> little water <laughs> wasteland and it's constant flooding during a typhoon seems apt. They may lose a foreign place. <laughs> Hope the weather stays.
0: But Clayton was like the like, starting centre mid, right? So that's quite a, quite a loss for them. I, lo- I, I looked in my reverie about the glory days of about three years ago. I was looking at the teams and I was thinking about how some of these players have been playing for a long time. <laughs> like, these, like, you know, Kichi is still starting, like, Danny Cancela, Helio, uh, Huang Yang, uh, Tonkin Man is still there. Like, Alex Akande is still there. And I remember thinking they were old a while ago. So fair play to these guys. Like, this isn't like a, a ban on them. I, I think like, well done for you know, keeping your place in, in a kind of top-level Hong Kong team. But who's replacing these guys? Anyone?
1: Not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sadly, we're all getting aged out as well. Um, it's, that's a valid concern. Um, you know, in football in general, succession planning is, is a problem. You want to play your best players. Maybe if there was some sort of tournament where, I don't know, you were forced to play young players, (laughs) there could be sort of this progression of them into the team. But without anything like that, um, it's just going to be people, you know, keeping their spot. No change in Hong Kong football apart from all the changes. Yeah. Speaking of changes in Hong Kong football, and something to get excited about, the representative team, they've lost... A big-name foreigner in Mixu Patelainen. Wait, what? His contract was not renewed. When, when did this happen? During the uh, ice age of international football oh. for the uh, men's representative team. Which uh, is funny because he, he's from a cold country, so in fairness, an ice age should suit him. Yeah, and he's got a long name, so he's literally a big-name foreigner. <laughs> um,
2: but he was invited to reapply for the position, right? <laughs> he was
1: invited to reapply for the position. I think when he was invited, it was like one of them adverts, other international football coaches are available. Yeah. Supposedly, um, they are down to the final few. None of them are Mixu. You know, he's gone off to the Varga Lounge in the sky, (laughs) figuratively. He's left Hong Kong football and Hong Kong night spots. Um, He did a job. Yeah, on on a serious note. I mean, his
0: tenure was just utterly devastated, right, by... The by COVID and the fact that international football ground to a halt. He had a few friendlies.
1: We lost to Taiwan, I think Chinese had, Taipei. Yeah, I think the Taiwanese think you could say that. Yeah, he had a handful of games and about as many training camps. Yeah, for most of the time, there was no league for him to watch, and when there was, it was stop start. But he's gone, and the, the talk is. He will be replaced by Jorn Anderson, formerly of North Korea. Mr. Anderson. So that's quite exciting. And if you want some real excitement, I don't know why we saved this to this point in the pod. <laughs> Basically, there's a guarantee that he's better than Jurgen Klopp because he replaced Jurgen Klopp at Mines mm. back in the ice age of uh, 2007 or 8 when Klopp left. So he's better than Klopp. So that's coming to Hong Kong, potentially. Admittedly, he only stayed there a year and was replaced by some other fellow called Thomas Tuchel. (laughs) So he's in elite company, at least in his German managerial experience. Yeah, Uh, He managed in South Korea as well, as well as the North. But yeah, that's quite exciting. Played for Norway in the late 80s, early 90s. 20 caps or so, five goals, and that's the important part of what you bring to international football management, what you did as a player. You can all, <laughs> you know, you all agree on that. Um, yeah, so Mr. Anderson, it's quite exciting.
0: Well, especially with the Matrix coming back.
1: Maybe that's what they're banking on.
0: Yeah. This this has a real whiff of Gary White about it. Is this guy going to make like three months this time? or
1: uh, I don't know what his probation period will be. Um, maybe... <laughs> He will make it. Um, hopefully, more importantly, you know, Hong Kong will have a game of football, and he might get a chance to show what he can do. Mm. Seems, in some ways, kind of pointless to have a manager when you don't have any games or even any training camps. But you know, good luck to everyone. I'm excited. <laughs> what do you think, Toby? <laughs> I've heard about this the first
2: time. Oh, wow. Uh, So, I mean, I I knew that Mixer left. I'm not like as
0: uninformed as
2: you. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, sounds exciting. I I knew that a foreign coach is coming in again because I think the CEO mentioned that he might just arrive at the end of November due to quarantine or something. So there was already the hint that they have not hired a local coach. So all these ideas that maybe Alex Chu is taking over because Kim Tok-Chin has taken over Kichi have not turned into... Reality. We should also mention that uh, Hong Kong football had another big departure with Thor Arneson right, the technical mm. director, who also left a few months ago. So there have been a lot of vacant positions.
0: It's a difficult job, right? Like it's been impossible to be the Hong Kong representative team manager for the past couple of years. There hasn't been a lot of football.
1: Perhaps been more difficult to be the women's representative team manager, um, although they have played some football. Mm. Sadly, they're. Ongoing wait for a return to the AFC Women's Asian Cup continues. They played Nepal and the Philippines in their three-team group in Uzbekistan, um, Tashkent, the home of Asian football, right now. The loss to the Philippines after drawing in Nepal, it was basically a winner-takes-all game, and the winner was the Philippines. The Malditas, and they took all. They'll be going for a second time. To what should be in India, but may not be given the pandemic uncertainties. Yeah, so that's sad because Hong Kong played the first maybe 14 Women's Asian Cups and then haven't played since about 2000, 2002. The coach Rambo says there are positive signs, but he took a very, very changed squad. So, you know. Women's football, even more complicated than men's. Fair point. It is. And there
2: you should point out, I mean, the amazing commitment, particularly from the players, right? Because they are not full-time players. They have to take leave from the actual full-time work to go to these tournaments and then have to go back and do quarantine and all this.
1: Yeah, respect to them and all the best going into this season. A bit more coaching news from north of the border. Chan Yuen Ting, who is the under-16 women's team coach for China, is reportedly one of the names to uh, be in the frame for the Steel Roses gig. Mm. Chinese women's national team, after a very poor Olympics, which ended with them uh, getting hammered 8-2 by the Netherlands, after a 5-0 loss against Brazil, and a probably more embarrassing 4 all draw with Zambia. Um, they got sent home. The fans were asking, coach... Jia shuchuan to leave um, he has left but in a very you know Mixu style where his contract has not been renewed the team then entered the China National Games as national teams do they don't um, <laughs> which they won well done then, the national team is the best team in China at the national games but yeah they're looking for a new coach and she's in the mix so potentially you know they may turn to her and then We'd have a bit of interest in uh, something again. That really would be interesting. It would be a big gig. The Steel Roses, I didn't know that was their
0: nickname. It's a very, very cool nickname.
1: I think so. (laughs) Did you just make it up? Sadly, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a bit of housekeeping. There are a couple of things I wanted to say. First of all, I meant to say this earlier, but listeners, get in touch. I, I am interested to hear, especially on what we were talking about earlier about the overall state of what's going on, give us an email, podcast at offside.hk. Give us a message on Instagram. It's the Hong underscore Kong underscore football underscore podcast.
2: Lots of underscores.
0: Lots of underscores. Um, Maybe you're, if you're a listener, maybe you're a player, a fan, a coach, whoever, on the record, off the record, get in touch. An administrator. An administrator. Maybe you're Mixu Linen. I don't know. But yeah, we... I know I say this all the time, but it would be great to hear your thoughts. Maybe it's just us being old and jaded and not seeing what's great about the current situation. Maybe eight is the best number of teams. I don't know. Get in touch. Um, let's look ahead specifically to this weekend. As I said earlier, Kichi are going to play Eastern. They've already played in the Sapling Shield. That ended one all. Goals from, off the top of my head, I think it was Dejan Damjanovic and Navid for Eastern. So that's a, a full 21-year age difference between the two players. How do we think this one's going to end up?
1: Well, it's essentially the title decider, isn't it? (laughs) Um, It's got nil-nil written all over it, and hopefully anything after that's a bonus. Yeah, anything can happen. It's the first... (laughs) It's the first can
0: I have something. League, can I have s- something more incisive than anything can happen, <laughs> no, please? I I really
2: don't know. It is the first game of the of the season. I think so far the Suppling Cup results have been very random as well. You know, one day Kichi is losing against Eastern or Lehman, then the other day they're they're beating um, other teams 3-0 or 7-0 in the case of Eastern versus Hong Kong under 23. So you have like very, very random results still at the sub Cup that I don't think tell you much. They tell you as much as pre-season
1: friendlies. More important question. With your supercomputer, James, Mm. who's going to win the league? Have you run it through the supercomputer? I haven't,
0: but I'm... Whoever wins this game is going to win the league. That's what the, the supercomputer says. Other games involving teams who may or may not win the league. So they're not going to play Hong Kong Football Club. Who's new at
2: Southern?
0: So this is former Eastern and Kichi midfielder. Yeah. He's a long mainstay. Being quiet for a while. So maybe
2: that, that change of outfit helps him as well. We have Dudu being at Southern.
0: Yeah. Premier League title winner two seasons ago.
2: And Luciano da Silva, also from Happy Valley defender, mm. who has earned his spurs at, at various clubs before, including Yoon Long, right? Yeah, he was
0: a long time centre back at Yoon Long. This is probably a, not the worst game for HKFC to start with. It's not one of what I would call the big three. Um, but it's also not... An, it's, it's a challenge for them, I would imagine. I imagine Southern should win this game, right?
2: I think they won against HKFC 3-2, was it, in the Southern Cup? It was much closer than you would have expected.
1: Was that the first game? I believe so.
0: They won 2-1 oh. in front of 546 people. <laughs> They were 1-0 down in the first minute. Robert yeah, Scott scored. Yeah,
1: he scored a scream. Yeah. A great goal, that.
0: He, I mean, of course, he's one of the players who's still left over from HKFC's time in the Premier League in 16-17. Yeah, they needed a 94th minute winner from Dudu Southern to get the 2-1 win in the Sapling Cup. So, like I say, it could be a game that Hong Kong Football Club can get A result from the remaining fixture is Resources Capital versus Rangers.
1: With most available play on the pitch.
0: The NFT guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All eyes on the stand for this one. Who's got their season ticket?
0: So this is kind of the battle of the two teams who actually now seem legit. Like they, They used to seem kind of... That's a long name. The battle of the two teams. (laughs) But I think they were like two of the weaker teams around. But now with the influx of, you know, the two newer teams as we've mentioned, like Rescap and Rangers, they're kind of mid-table, literally speaking. So
1: stalwarts, mainstays,
0: mainstays of the league, actually. It's a legit derby. The legit derby. You had something to say, Toby?
2: Only a few more. Comments on Rangers and also the under 23 team that is on the bye week. With Rangers, we have two interesting incoming players. One being Lao Hok Ming, mm. who eventually joined Rangers after a not so glorious season with Eastern, right? We actually didn't get much playing time. Uh, so hopefully he can use this to get back to his old form. And also an old new name for Rangers, the Argentinian player, Basan. If you remember, he used to play for Rangers uh, at the 2019-2020 season. And then I think it was the pandemic that made him leaving Hong Kong at that time. He actually had a quite good run. I think he played like seven games and scored a couple of goals there. So he's back with Rangers. Uh, with the under-23 team, as we've mentioned before, there are a lot of unknown names in there or like unexperienced players. But the most experienced player at the under-23 team is Wong Wai. Wong Wai. Who is now twenty nine years old.
0: How the mighty are fallen. He was the captain of that excellent typo team in eighteen nineteen, won the league, was you know, a starter for the national team, the representative team, and it's just I've barely seen him since. And now he's playing for under twenty three He's definitely not under twenty three. That's a shame. Or is it? Is, is this a good thing? Should should we just his this
2: place? We assume has been another controversy with the under-23 team involving Sandro, who was among the top goal scorers still last season, right? Mm. And his contract with Eastern expired and he was not able to sign a new club and he wanted to join this under-23 team as one of the older players yes. and he was refused with a very strange uh, reason he was given apparently that he was not a Hong Kong-born player, mm. but you know, having the Hong Kong passport and being a representative of the Hong Kong
1: representative team. He makes wrote you question. a very, very passionate Instagram post mm. about not being allowed to play and the reasons he sees as why that might be legally. <laughs> other Instagram posts are available. Um, He's made some allegations of potentially racist treatment that are not unusual to hear around Hong Kong football, let's say that. But he, definitely over 23, um, <laughs> <laughs> is not playing for the under 23s.
2: Another person who is not under 23, <laughs> who just retired, is De Tino. Wow. He used to play for Winnie yep. Properties for the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm together with the 60 year old owner wingy <laughs> who's gonna play for the under 23 <laughs> we're still playing the owner is still playing for wingy but Titino finally officially retired at the age of 48
0: so younger listeners might never remember having seen Titino he's probably one of the most recognizable footballers ever he's humongous in every direction and he had what would you get quite a, an impressive blonde Pam, is that that sounds about right
2: I think you I, I know nothing about perm stuff so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: and so yeah he was he was like a long time in the 90s during the, the ice age he was he was the woolly mammoth um, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel this is a very historic podcast and not just because it's going <laughs> to <Everton. laughs> it sounds more and more like old man <laughs>
2: talking nostalgically about the past, right? Yeah, well, that's what... Remember
0: foo- when? <laughs> that's what football is for, right? Like,
1: like the Muppet Show. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what they could have called the league.
0: Wee. Boom! <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rangers is an absolute who's who of 10 years ago. I mean, you got Kilama, you got Lam Kawai, Lo Kuan Yee, uh, let like you say, Lao Hock Ming. That's a bit harsh, not 10 years ago. Also... Uh, misogyny's Lamb Hinting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is it not his nickname or what? Yeah. Uh,
0: I think that's the last time I'm going to mention it. But yeah, of course, got himself in trouble last year by saying rude things to a referee.
1: Hopefully he's put that behind him and he's learnt and moved on. And Rangers, you know, historically, the Glasgow side they're based on are well known for players moving on and not saying daft things. Mm.
0: So, guys, I think this hasn't been our most structured podcast. We've kind of meandered into certain directions. Not, Never really found meaning in anything, but...
1: As organised as the Hong Kong Premier League.
0: Exactly. It feels fitting.
1: I'd like to think it's not so much disorganised or unstructured as a new format for the new season.
0: A new format for the new season...
1: It, non-fungible for
0: non-fung- You can try funging it. It's non-fungible. And I think that's everything. I We've got the right level of enthusiasm for this season. I would say it's cautious optimism. <laughs> and let's get into it. Let's get down to the Mong Kok Stadium this weekend. I think it's going to be a good game. Kitchen versus Easton. It's a great start to the season. Maybe all of my pre-season concern will be blown away by a festival, a feast of fungible football. And I think that's it. That's everything there is to say this week. Listeners, we'll see you in a couple of weeks where hopefully we'll have some kind of clarity on what's going on this season, who to look out for, who to,
2: does anyone else have anything to? Who to invest to?
0: (laughs) Yeah, the best (laughs) NFTs to buy. Uh, players to watch. Players On to and watch off the pitch. On and off the pitch. <laughs> Until next time, take care of yourself. Hope your team wins. Bye bye.
1: We like Hong Kong. That's a place for you.